Welcome to Inside the Economy with SHNJ. Presented by Larry Howes of Sharky, Howes, and Jaber. Learn more about Sharky, Howes, and Jaber at shwj.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, quick look at the numbers. The uh, Federal Reserve last week decided not to move interest rates. That's no surprise to anyone. And if you look down there at the bottom, uh, the short bond and the 10 and the 30 here adjusted accordingly. The market had clearly adjusted to a 25-point increase, and it just unadjusted. So we had a little bond rally. So by the time, not September, December rolls around, we'll probably see this yield curve shift up again. Uh Oil is pending the OPEC meeting, I think that's this week. That should be interesting. Very important for Venezuela. Uh, New low in initial jobless claims, though none surprising. Why is this important for Venezuela? Uh, OPEC has not made any progress on agreeing to basically freeze production. Uh, their economists are convinced that if they freeze production, that the price will go from about 44 to 64, which would be important. Uh, but uh, Iran, Saudi Arabia, basically have no interest in cutting production because they're, they need every penny they can get. They don't want to wait cut their production, immediately cut their income, and then hope the price goes up. Uh, They were talking about that again this week. Uh, Critically important to Venezuela, who's about to go bankrupt. Uh, And Turkey, too, who just got their debt moved to actual junk, B1. (laughs) Uh, And the current president has wondered why the world doesn't view his policies very positively. But We'll get to that here in just a second. Anyway, uh, as we go on here, the uh, uh, the consumer, the U.S. consumer, which we've talked about a little bit, uh, has been spending. They're doing okay. They're still buying 16 million cars a year uh, and buying a few things here and there. Uh, they're not using their credit cards clearly the way they used to. This, though, this is kind of an obscure chart. Uh, it really tells the story. On the right is the percentage of uh, households that have a lot of debt, share of households in debt. And the left is the dollars in debt, not carrying debt, it's credit card debt. Uh, the trend has changed, clearly. It is on its way down, not only the dollar amounts, but the number of people. And... Uh, the other side of the – this is from the Federal Reserve Bank in New York. They do a huge consumer credit panel, and one of their uh, big deals is the share of households in financial stre- distress, and it is, of course, way down since 2004 and not showing any signs of building. The, uh, the other side of the commercial side of the coin is here, and that's the projections for perceived and projected bank card use. And obviously at the very top are the credit numbers above 740. 
which is becoming a very large population uh, as the consumer has less debt, less credit card debt, less dollar in debt. Their credit scores go up, which the credit card companies here acquire that, and the usage of the cards, especially with the chips in them now, is marching its way back up. Is 740 the magic threshold? Uh, Yeah, it's one of the magic numbers in the black box. Somebody who helped build the many algorithms in that system said, this is an important number, and it's 740. Don't ask me why. Uh, On the rare occasion that when picking up inflation is good news, and we did pick up some inflation, uh, here's where it is. It's all in health care expenses. Pretty much it. It's in health care. Most of it is ACA. Most of this is federal. And uh, lo and behold, you know, the highest increase in consumer inflation in health care in 32 years happened in August. And here it is. A lot of that is non-seasonally adjusted. A lot of that is uh, the system catching up to the changes. A lot of that is adjustments and and accommodating the law. It's a lot of things. But we might actually actually have tiny improvements in uh, CPI. The head's running at 1.1 now, and the core has gone from 2.2 to 2.3. So... Yay on the on the inflation front. And by the way, here's back to the consumer. This inflation number, and especially the numbers in health care, are not going to hold very long. A lot of the adjustments in ACA will wind down here very quickly. Uh, CPI, we're creeping back to where the Fed wants it. They're probably not going to achieve their 2% very long, but we'll see. The other side of things, here's the core commercial property indices out of Moody's uh, and RCA. The, uh, this has been a, uh, an area that some people have said there's this bubble beginning to build, and this is all property, core commercials, apartment buildings, offices. This has been a very popular place, especially offices. Uh, the... Indices have have peaked, most of them. Uh, The apartment building, and if you look around just Denver alone, you'll notice that that's the one thing they are building in great numbers of new apartments, has not peaked. The rest of the indices probably have, especially the office building. Uh, I don't define this as a bubble. I don't see a lot of market pressure building in this. The money available for building commercial properties is vast and not nearly exhausted. But some of these values have probably leveled off. Could I explain the sale of the scale, scale on the side? Yeah. No, I cannot. Other than that's a base scale from 2001 that they called 100. Okay. It's just like uh, chain, chaining dollars, right. changing prices, whatever it is. Thank you. So, yeah, you don't want to put a lot of science in that. You've got to read the trend more than anything else. Here's a reminder, since we're starting into uh, earnings season again, the uh, 10-year has been below the dividend yield of the S&P 500, which is the blue line, which hasn't changed much in a long time. Our last bond rally has pushed this down again. I think that's part of... Uh, 
an issue of where interest rates need to go. Uh, and those of you who uh, really believe or understand reversion to the mean, this is a quick reminder. This is since 1950. That's the S&P 500. Uh, it has a very powerful mean return. Uh, this daily log is statistically valid. We have been below the the mean and actual return, but the pace and the direction of the return is still positive. Uh, in the notes, you'll notice that the earnings have been around $100, $116 a share for about three years now. Though earnings are usually the driver of prices, that really hasn't been since earnings hasn't changed. And I don't think you're going to see very much dramatic improvement in earnings this quarter either. But prices in the S&P 500 are up 25 27% in the last three years, which is very much in the norm, as this would indicate. I'll tell you that it's not earnings that has driven those numbers. It's more new money floating into the system. So for the first time in a long time, the stock market is probably less worrisome about increase in rates than ever. It has lots of money to invest. Uh, Federal receipts, change in Federal receipts has finally zeroed out. A lot of the tax increases and other changes in the tax system have worked into the system. So the changes are back down to zero. Uh, Receipts are still pretty good. And the other side, the debt side, uh, well, we're still, uh, federal debt held by the public is still around 84% of GDP. Uh, Total debt, if you include Fannie and Freddie and the other intergovernmental accounts, we're at about 106% of GDP. Uh, Not bad compared to the rest of the world. Certainly the developed world, these are great numbers. Uh, Fed holdings numbers, yeah. Not relevant to this discussion. Uh, The current account balance, and we talked about the U.K. last time. This is the U.S. This is uh, uh, primary and secondary income. Primary income is the light blue on the top. Uh, It has not reached where it was in 2011, which was running about $61 billion a month. That's actual money back to the U.S. from assets owned around the world. That number's down a little tiny bit. Uh, Some of that's oil income. Some of that's royalties in other areas. The secondary account is still kind of creeping down. That's what you might call foreign aid, payments to others, interest paid, a number of places where money's going out. These numbers have bounced back and forth, but there's nothing dramatic about this other than the primary income has not gone back to its heights. It probably will when the rates go up. As a reminder, uh, Euro area and Japan are uh, are not growing very well. I know that's a surprise to no one. Most of their stimulus, especially the Japanese stimulus, uh, most of that money is ending up in the U.S. markets. It's not being invested in Japan or in Europe. It's coming here. Uh, I think the part of the money and part of the drivers for the returns of the S&P 500 for the last three years have been new money, not any fundamentals. And the same with inflation. Uh, The U.S. is working real hard to get back to two, which is the top limit of a sustainable inflation number for an $18 trillion economy. 
but it might get there. It might get there. Uh, both the euro area and Japan have slipped another notch. Uh, it's not good that economies the size of theirs, especially Japan, that needs to move forward. Without inflation, it's, uh, it steepens the angle of the slippery slope. And on the other side of the world, China, uh, you know, I follow their uh, treasury reserve holdings. It is a huge story. And uh, they're spending them again. That's the blue line is the total reserves, but that includes yens, euros, everybody. The important one is the white one, and that's treasury securities. Significantly more money. And when they're selling treasuries, they're selling their best asset, most liquid asset, because they're defending the yuan. I don't know how long they can do this, but... Anyway, so uh, the OPEC meeting should be marginally interesting. It's not going to have a huge impact on the U.S. economy if they stop production. Uh, Don't take the U.S. consumer prices record gain very dramatically. The health care numbers won't hold very long. So that's it. Thank you very much.